All right, good Sunday morning. It is the morning after podcast where we take a look at uh, everything that happened over the weekend. Scott Gerard alongside Hans Olsen and Lloyd Cole. Gentlemen, how are you this fine morning? Good morning. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. I've got a three-pound chuck roast in my Traeger yeah. as we speak. Uh, I, have, I have put a salt and pepper rub only, uh, a... Uh, Kind of a what, what do you call it? Is it this, just the sea salt? I just did a like a, what's the heavier cream salt? The, the sea uh, salt? yeah, the uh, sea salt, kosher salt. I did a I did a kosher salt and pepper rub, and it's been on since about five thirty. Supposed to be about a seven and a half eight hour cook. Uh, I'm going to take it off in about three hours. I'm going to take it off and put down in a pan two fully chopped onions and beef broth and then you set it on top of the onions and beef broth and then back into the smoker so it's the smoke and then the steam from the broth is supposed to hit it so i am on my way to traeger heaven for dinner tonight is that uh is you use a chuck roast when you do those burn ends yeah 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 those poor man burn ends it's it's my favorite i'm actually going to do a pulled roast so a little bit a little bit different but if you do the poor man burn ends you don't put it in the broth and the onion. You just smoke it. You pull it. You quarter it in yep. about half inch or inch. Throw it in your favorite sauce and throw it back in the smoker at like 250 for like an hour and a half, two hours. And it caramelizes and gives you some really good chuck roast burnt ends. It's just a more more affordable burn in. Yeah, there you go. Me, on the other hand, I'm doing some, I'm doing some ribs that I'll be putting on in an hour. boy. So, so there's that. Hey, you know it was well. You know you guys. You guys have both seen the movie Knocked Up, right? Uh, Hands is not. Oh, well, I guess you don't get this reference. But it is you know one of my favorites. The, you know when they're out on the dance floor and he's doing the, his dice move, yeah. and they're like, "Guy, I think I think he's doing the dice move too much." It's like, well, that's really all he got. <laughs> that's me. That's me with the rim. It's really all I got. <laughs> You've got one move. I've no. got one move, and it's the ribs, and it works good. It tasty and and that's that's as far out as i've really done i mean i've done some steaks and some burgers on there and you know we've done cobbler but for the most part yeah a little bit of that you know it's happened but but other than that the ribs are my that's my that's my go-to move it's mainly what i do it's really all i got is your salsa garden starting to produce yet uh so yes starting to uh we uh, we got a late start because the weird weather this year we got a late start on the on the uh on the garden but the tomatoes are, are starting to come actually uh jessica actually she had put some she actually made some salt up yesterday that was uh that was pretty tasty so it is starting the, the that 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 garden salt is uh starting to be made we're in the process of making some more so oh boy cilantro coming in nicely cilantro is coming in nice we well we had to actually import export some cilantro one of Jess's friends did some cilantro we didn't have any in our garden this year so so we had to uh import some in yeah all right well so maybe i'll have to bring some salsa tomorrow you guys i think you guys are in studio tomorrow i think so tomorrow be the day boom yeah we're not going to turn that down all right um a lot to get to a lot to break down uh hans it's been a few days since the byu utah game you and i had a chance to chat a little bit on friday but uh any uh, any further thoughts as you had a chance to decompress after the uh, rivalry game? No, really. I, I feel like the uh, 
the thoughts that we put together in that first hour on Friday probably hold pretty strong. I, I'm going to do my second half film review Monday morning. I had kids games all day Saturday, and I obviously taking the day off today, but tomorrow morning I'll get going on the second half, but I've taken a brief look at the second half. I just haven't done the film review, and it's basically what I thought it was going to look like. It's it's pure domination. And so really, Scotty, I think we broke it down well. I, I, I felt like all the post-game comments that Frank Dolce and Will Snowden had held very strong and didn't deviate much. And I know there's speculation on some things that went on, went on in that game. And then some of the extracurricular stuff like Tyler Huntley's comments have grabbed the headlines, but I like to just keep it with the game to try to figure out what BYU is going to do in a season and what Utah is going to do in a season. And I think Utah looks to be the real deal and BYU looks like they're going to be able to rebound against Tennessee after what we saw from them yesterday. Mm. Well, Tennessee is uh, certainly hurting because they end up losing to an FCS opponent at home. And uh, and so BYU's coming in, and I'm sure there's a lot of fans licking their chops. I'd say be very wary about thinking that you're going to go in there and get yourself a W. I still think BYU's going to win that game. You and I both said uh, before the season that certainly a very winnable game, but I know there's a lot of BYU fans right out there thinking, all right, well, they lost to an FCS team. We'll go in there and we'll get a W. I wouldn't quite make that jump because there's going to be some uh, some cranky Tennessee players right now. But I do think that you, BYU's got an excellent chance going in there and getting a W. I've got one thing to say about that Tennessee team. They so poo-poo. They so poo-poo. <laughs> that team, that team uh, you, could, you could see the anger watching you know, uh, some of that game and watching a lot of the highlights of the game, you could see the anger in those fans. Like, they, they're not happy. Tennessee fans are irate. Um, and I think, I, I think you guys are, I think you guys were spot, spot on then. I think you're spot on now that, that I, I think BYU is going to get Tennessee. And I, I, and I know it's an SEC team. It's not a pushover, you know, and, and you're going into their, into their, into their, uh, you know, home stadium. And, but, but, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get this one, Scotty. I just looked this up, and and uh, that was Tennessee's first season opening loss in Neyland Stadium since 1983 to <laughs> Pittsburgh. Not 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 first loss to an FCS or just that was their first loss at Neyland Stadium or Neyland Stadium. In a, they were a 25-point favorite, man. 25-point <laughs> well, favorite. It's you, the biggest deficit for, by an SEC team. And by the way, Tennessee owes like three of those records. Like for, well, for biggest deficit by an SEC team uh, losing uh, um, losing the game when, they, when, they're the, when they're the favorite. They have like three of those records. Yeah. At least judging by what the buzz, you know, what was on uh, SportsCenter uh, on SVP that night. Well, you know, you go back, guys, and how many times have we had Tennessee in either the bad or the ugly over the last two months? Oh, yeah. Remember, you go back, you go back about two months ago, and they had two offensive linemen that retired, and then in doing a little research, they'd had a total of five retire in two years, and then we just had their corner on the ugly 
their starting corner on the ugly for domestic violence. And, and we all talked about how much of a distraction that that could be. And obviously it all played out. Tennessee looked terrible. Yeah, it's not good. And again, you know, we said this time and time again leading up to the season, the Tennessee and USC are teams that have good names, but not necessarily good programs. And USC, now I know that uh, JT Daniels, um, just reading right now that they ran x-rays on his knee, uh, came back negative. I'm not sure if they ran an MRI on that knee as well to see exactly where that is. But uh, chances are, even if he's somewhat healthy, he's not going to be back on the field for a while. So they went to a true freshman, and they were able to, for the most part, handle uh, Fresno. I know they let Fresno get back in the game late, and Fresno had an opportunity to go down and tie the game uh, until they threw uh, that late interception. But I thought the kid played, for the most part, fairly well. But still, USC's there for the taking. And as bad as BYU fans feel about losing that Utah game, you've got USC, winnable game. You've got Tennessee, certainly a winnable game. And Washington, probably not. But there's no reason why they can't split that USC Tennessee uh those Tennessee games and maybe even win both of them. Mm-hmm. I think like I think they've got a solid chance at Tennessee. I think USC is probably going to be a little bit it, there there are some things that I saw I only got to see a handful of plays for USC but there are things that <clears throat> that you see with USC that's going to make it really tough for BYU because of the exterior speed. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. worries me. But but I think that this Tennessee game should be a win and they should be able to shake off some of that horrible, that horrible feel that they're going to have after that rivalry loss. And probably, well, see, and I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lloyd. Go ahead, got it. No, no, go ahead. I just think that after if you're BYU and you just saw Georgia State go in there and get that W, uh, your bad feelings about what went down on, on uh, last Thursday, they vanish pretty quick because you realize, hey, look, if we do our – if we were, if if we're prepared and we play well, we've got every opportunity to go in there and get a W. And and yep. and I don't want to mean to say the BYU should be overconfident, but BYU should smell a little blood in the water and realize that they still have a really good team. And if they haven't, and they have plenty of opportunities to go in there and get a W. Uh, Scotty asked for Utah. I was just looking at this. Did you watch Northern Illinois? Or did you get to see any Northern I did not, Illinois? I did not see any Northern Illinois. Yeah, so I, I was just watching some of these highlights earlier this morning in Northern Illinois, and uh, they're 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 okay. They're not they're not great. They beat Illinois State twenty four to ten, and they had some they've had some decent moments. Quarterback was fairly efficient, had three hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns. They had one running back that put up a hundred yards. Outside of that running back with a hundred yards, there was nothing. But I think Northern Illinois is just going to be another really nice kind of cleanup test for Utah. Like I've got no fear coming into that game for Utah next Saturday. Illinois State, and no, nor do I. They, I, I think they. Uh, I think that's just it's just another tune-up game. Well, I'm not calling BYU a tune-up game, but it's a tune-up game for <laughs> that game out wrong. BYU fans oh, so mad. You're gonna it's get a tune-up it. game for the season. It's a tune-up game for the season. I mean, it, this is probably what should have been uh, like. You know, I, I I know we're all a fan of of Utah having uh you know BYU at the front of the season or whatever. But I mean, really, it, Northern Illinois is the real real tune-up game to your to your season. I think anyway. Yeah. I mean, they should they should have no problem with them. I know they did a year ago, um, 
but I, I don't I don't think that uh, I think that team is, is is a little bit different. They should get past them pretty easily. Any emotional letdown? Hands uh, like not that I, it, it would cause a loss, but do you anticipate maybe a sluggish start after that game against BYU? No, not with this team. I think that every one of the coaches from Colton Swan, the new linebackers coach, to Morgan Scow, your defensive coordinator, all the way through, I think everybody has to keep these guys motivated to keep their eye on the prize. That, that they, they've got a special season in front of them if they can keep their eye on the prize. And, and you know as well as I know, championship-level teams look like championship-level teams against Northern Illinois in the second game of the week. Yeah, yep, have to. Or sorry, the second, the second game of the season. Yep. They just do. Yep. They, they have a certain quality that says, oh, man, these guys are clean, they're fresh, they're focused, they're athletic, and their starters are out by two minutes left in the third quarter because you've got a 44 or 45 to 12 or 13-point lead, and you, you want to make sure that Jack Boss is healthy, you want to make sure that Huntley's healthy, and you want to make sure that Henry Cole and Wilmore and Shelley all get reps. And that's just what a championship-level team does. I'm hoping that's what the staff can convince them of because you should be able to get there with Northern Illinois. In my opinion, you should. Yep. Spot on their hands um, with needing Shelly to get reps. I know he got a bunch of reps last, last year, but just saying, you know, Tyler Huntley, chances are, if he, if he does what he needs to do to be successful – uh, for that offense to be successful, which he didn't have that threat of running is going to have to be there, which means he's going to, he is going to take some shots. You hope he can stay healthy, but he hasn't shown he can stay healthy right now. So I think it's crucial that Jason Shelley get some, get some reps, uh, at some point in the season. And this week would, should be the week. You know, you bring up an interesting point on, um, Zach Moss and I'm just pulling up his numbers. He ran, he had 29 carries against BYU. Uh, you believe that he can hold up averaging, you know, somewhere between 28 and 32 carries a game hands. Well, I, this was a conversation that we had with Will Snowden, who was a running back at, at BYU for years. And then we also had the conversation with coach Mack on football Fridays. So we've been able to pick some of the best minds in this. And, and I talked to coach Mack about managing some of the top running backs in the country. And he said, I, I said, what would you do coach Mack? And he goes, I keep feeding him. Yeah. <laughs> I keep going to him. Just, I mean, what, what, so you're going to conserve what you're going to pull back the range. You're going to, you're going to act like you got to save him. He's like, no, I, I would feed him. I would want to be smart about it, but the kids should they have back, should they have uh, in the fourth quarter hand? And I'm just yep. because they had that game in hands in the fourth quarter. And he, I, I thought he had some more, some more rushes. Should he have been more around 25? Well, Frank and Will were saying, yes, uh, I, I think, well, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think both of them felt like, you know, put it at 25 and get him out of there with six or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and right. put in some of these other guys. <clears throat> I wonder, guys, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wonder how much Utah wants to showcase him and look for a dope walker, look for NFL scouts, turn some heads. You know, the way they were pushing him at the start of the second half and then rode him through the back end of the fourth quarter led me to believe that there's some type of showmanship, like, hey, look, 
Look at this 180 plus yards. Look at these 29 carries. Look at look at his durability. I think he might want to prove durability. That may have been the message you know, too. At you know, trying to get him to come back for another year. Like, hey, look, we've got a new offensive coordinator. You're not going to have any more of these 15 carry games. We're going to give you the ball and we're going to showcase to you know the rest of the country right. and the NFL what you can do, averaging you know 28 to 30 carries a game. Right, and, and I don't hate that, Scott. If no, I'm a running back that's coming back from a meniscus, and I feel really good, and my line is opening things up, and the second half is moving, I would. I would tell my coordinator. I would tell my backs coach. I would tell anybody that, listen, guys, I want to prove to every NFL scout that's watching this game right now that I have no lingering issues from this meniscus, and this cartilage will not slow me down. And, and so I think that there's a certain amount of that just coming from your running back. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right, uh, shift gears a little bit. I was in North Carolina on Friday. Uh, Utah State lost a heartbreaking game to Wake Forest. Frankly, a game that I think Utah State should have won by at least uh, uh, a touchdown or two. Utah State, when healthy, uh, felt like the better team. Justin Enna made some really nice adjustments in the second half. When uh, Utah State really struggled against the run in the first half, they had a big bruising uh, running back to look like a kid that should be playing fullback at Air Force. And they ran a mesh running play that gave Utah State fits the first half. Second half, got it dialed in. And then uh, with the heat, uh, a couple players uh, dealt with some injuries as well as uh, some um, uh, some cramping in the second half. And they were down three defensive backs in the second half. And that's when Wake Forest got the passing game going. Utah State still had a late lead with about two minutes left. Gave it to Wake Forest uh, with just under two minutes. They had to go 90 yards. They did so very quickly. Uh, got the touchdown, although Utah State almost came up with a nice goal line stand. And then uh, Jordan Love throws his third of three interceptions uh, on on route to uh, potentially maybe tying the game or winning the game with a touchdown. So it was a rough one, Hans, and I know you had a chance to watch it. That was a that was not a particularly fun flight back because I think there everybody on that plane realized that Utah State should have come away with a win and and uh, let one get away from them. I, they they should have won that game. Yes, hundred percent. They should have won that game. And there were there were moments where things looked so fluid and so quick hitting and so difficult to stop. And the thing that stood out the most to me. This is going to, once again, this is going to be a matchup nightmare for BYU. Utah State is going to be a matchup nightmare for BYU's backfield. Their inability to get a pass rush, and really, I do believe that they've got some good defensive backfield players, but you've got so many guys that can cut. I was so impressed by Nathan. I was I was extremely impressed by C.O.C. Mariner. That catch that he had yeah. on the back right end zone was was high level, and, and so I again I came out again thinking, oh boy, BYU better get ready because <laughs> this this team is looking sharp. Uh, the other thing I came out of that game thinking was really how much does this loss actually matter? How much does it? actually matter in the big scheme of things. Now, Central Florida got their win, and Central Florida looks like they might be the, you know, that they might once again be that darling that gets the New York Six, that's the FBS group of five non-tie-in or the tie-in for the best group of five. And they look like they might be that team again. I hope they get knocked off. But 
in the grand scheme of things, Utah State's got everything in front of them. I'm not demoralized by that loss. I'm not overly worried. You've got LSU that was going to disrupt things anyways. I think they learned a lot about themselves. That's a tough road game to go on. What I looked at was Boise State beating Florida State, Fresno taking USC down the line, San Diego State getting a win against a Weber State team that I really respect. And I'm looking at, like, look, Utah State's got bigger fish to fry now. Yeah. Like, they can't. They can't sit here and dwell on this. Yeah, Wyoming. They, got to, they just got to get going. Yeah, Wyoming. Scotty, you tell you tell me what the, what type of team? What type of team is is? Do you think this Utah State team? I, is this the team that's kind of like last year, where they had that that early loss, and then all of a sudden they reeled off a bunch of wins. Can they be that team? I think they're very capable of that. The schedule. What I'm going to learn, we're, we'll learn a lot about this team in two weeks when they go to San Diego State. And I know Weber State held them without a touchdown and won that game 6 nothing. But San Diego State's probably a better team than what they showed uh, against Weber State. So that's I think that's going to be your telltale game for Utah State. Um, and that's because they, they answered a lot of questions. Offensive line, and hands, you know the that position better than anybody. But offensive line, I thought, played better than I expected in that first game. That was a pretty good defensive line that they faced. And uh, for the most part, I thought Utah State did a good job in the, uh, uh, you know, up front. I thought the wide receivers, every ans- every question was answered there. Caleb Rep was great. Uh, I know he's technically a tight end. Carson Terrell was great. Uh, Jordan Nathan is awesome. COC Mariner came in and handled himself well. Savon Scarver had one bad drop. But other than that, I thought played really well at the wide receiver position. So I think wide receiver is great. Uh, defensive line uh, got gashed a little bit, but I thought Justin Enna did a tremendous job. The defensive backfield is going to be a concern, and the coaches, I talked to them a little bit before the game, and they mentioned how nervous they were about going up against, because Wake Forest had some big, strong, tall wide receivers. They were 6'3", 6'5", and 6'1", across the board at wide receiver, and Utah State, uh, a lot of dudes are 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", and ultimately ended up being the difference in the game in that uh, fourth and one touchdown pass on that fade route you know there was a there was about an eight inch side you know differential in height on that on that 50 50 ball and that ended up allowing wake forest to win that game that that's something they they can't fix this year so when they're up against big tall wide receivers that's going to be a problem for utah state this year but overall this is a team that should be winning eight nine games this year again they got lsu on the schedule but other than that i don't see a team that really should uh ultimately scare uh scare Utah State this year. Now remember, Wyoming got a win against Missouri. Uh Nevada beat Purdue at home. I mean, it was a banner day yesterday for the uh, Mountain West Conference. And so that conference looks to be loaded and it's gonna be a fun, fun year for sure. It, it's gonna be a great year. Jay's team looked good, man. No, oh, they looked really good. Jay, Nor- Jay Norvell's team looked good. I was I'm happy for him. You know, he was it was so much fun to catch up with him in Vegas and, and kind of reunite. I, I hadn't seen him in probably 16 years. He was one of our coaches in Indy with the Colts. Great guy. And it was fun to see him get a win yesterday. But I, I'll tell you, coming out of the just the Mountain West Conference games on the whole, knowing that BYU has the top three teams in that conference, I, I was fairly confident that BYU – could get two of the three, if not sweep the three. After this week, it really makes me nervous. That is, those are three excellent teams. And I was bummed to see Rashid Shahid got a kick return for a touchdown, guys. 
and got it freaking called back. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 could have beat San Diego State. What would it have been seven to six? Seven to six. Yeah. He gets that thing called back, and so brutal, so painful for a guy that showed up in our sixty and sixty. Man, I love when our guys on sixty and sixty show up in these games in the week. Yep. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, on uh, Oregon losing to uh, losing to uh, Auburn? Another blow for the Pac-12, man. I mean, Auburn once again, and I and some people got cranky on Twitter, but hey, Pac-12 teams need to stop scheduling Auburn. No more, because Auburn so true. They they wrecked Washington <laughs> last year, and look, that's a how many times have we talked to guys throughout the year, and I and I ask, you know. Whether it's uh, Mike Yuganen or, you know, you go down the list of all the guys we talked to, how important is this game for the Pac-12? It's huge for the Pac-12. They have to get this win, not only because it establishes who the conference is, and everybody's dismissing the Pac-12. And when you lose to Auburn in back-to-back years, who isn't going to be an elite SEC team, they're going to be a probably eight to nine win Pac- or SEC team. And so this isn't Alabama you're playing. It's not Georgia you're playing. It's Auburn. You got to win that game, and they they let it go again. I felt like I was rewatching the the uh, the Oregon Stanford game as they just let that thing just slip away. Yeah, they had it. It's like, oh my gosh, you gotta you gotta yeah. figure it out. Like hold on to that game. It's like there's so many mistakes. They should have never went for it on fourth down when they, when they, the the quarterback when Herbert went out had to stay out. Uh, because of the the the, uh, the injury, um, the, there's I would at that point I would just punted it. Why not punt it? Yeah, I, I I think Oregon looked great at times. I think that they're going to be a brutal test in the Pac-12 championship if Utah's able to get there. There, I, it was nice to see Oregon and Stanford. They're, they look good, and it was nice to think that they're not on Utah's schedule. Yes, because both, both those teams are brutal teams. Stanford is just blunt force trauma. They got a nice win against Northwestern, but it was just as roughed up and ugly as it could possibly be. I thought USC they held, at least kind of held up their end of the bargain to a certain extent, and obviously Utah's win over BYU. Those are your three top wins in the Pac-12 week. Um, Oregon hurts you, but it doesn't hurt you as bad as the perception of Arizona losing to Hawaii. But what's crazy, guys, is like the back end of the SEC and some of their losses. Georgia State and and Wyoming and who else am I missing? I mean, oh, there was that some, bottom half. They they, they so poo poo. That bottom half was, not good. It was bad. Like Lloyd, how much are you going to work that in today? Are you just going to keep going to that? Oh. Uh, you know what? Hands went to it on Twitter. You know, I'm going with it, too. They so poopy. <laughs> Fair enough. It's becoming a thing. <laughs> I, come on. It's, it's, and I, there was actually, there's, I, I saw some stuff on Twitter, and people were, like, still pretty bitter about the they so poopy. I'm like, it, it's so childish and juvenile that it makes, me, it, it makes me giggle. It's like a fart joke. It's like, come on. <laughs> it really is. It pretty much is, yeah. All right. Um, any other? What, what what are we missing here? What else have we not talked about? We need to talk about. I think as far as college football, can, I think can we give a uh, a slow clap? I mean, I know they didn't get on the board, but how about a slow clap for uh, for Jay Hill and his guys yep, going yep. going in there? And I mean, like, come on, like that's I I get it. They didn't score, but they held them to six, and that, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. I mean, I, I, I guess I hope their their offense is uh, – because I can't imagine San Diego State as a defensive ju- juggernaut. Well, 
Rocky Long, he does, he no, is no, known they, for defense. Yeah, they so. usually play really good defense down there. Yeah, he's known for defenses, so but like I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I would say one takeaway is um, North Carolina getting that win over South Carolina and seeing former Texas coach come back. At, was he in retirement? Yeah, Mac Brown. He was in the broadcast booth for a while. And and seeing him come terrible. back and, and for retirement and getting away with North Carolina. But outside of that, man, my, my attention was just primarily focused locally. And I liked a lot of things I saw, but second week should be very entertaining. Yep, no doubt. And we'll do it again next week, your morning after podcast. Scott Gerard, Hans Olsen, Lloyd Cole. Remember, show kicks off tomorrow at noon. And uh, we appreciate everybody who has been downloading podcasts. Please subscribe to uh, whatever service you're using. All you have to do is search Hans and Scotty. You found it already once, so keep it rolling. Uh, Remember, you get the feed of all of our podcasts, all of our shows, uh, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, whatever platform you're on. Uh, Let David James know it's available everywhere you want it. It's uh, all you have to do is it's just search Hans and Scotty and you're good to go. That's the, it's the morning after podcast right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.